This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. This is Byron O'Neill, media editor for Comic Book Yeti, and today I have the pleasure of sitting down with Ringo and Eisner award-winning comics writer Chuck Brown. Uh, you're probably already familiar with some of his other work, Bitter Root, On the Stump, or Black Manta. Well, you might not know too much about yet and what hopefully we're soon to remedy is his new project, Flawed, from Image Comics. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me today, Chuck. Thanks so much for inviting me on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's dive right into Flawed. Um, this is described as an ultra-violent, high-octane Frasier meets the Punisher limited series. So tell us a, a little bit what Flawed is about. Well, uh, the primary antagonist is um, Jim Ez. And Jim is basically a psychiatrist in this very corrupt, very mysterious city called Sidham. But by day, she, you know, takes care of her problems, her patient's problem with words. But by night, she goes out to vigilante and takes up their problem by any means necessary. Yeah, that's basic beats. So, you know, my wife is actually a psychologist, although she doesn't moonlight as a vigilante that I know of. <laughs> so why do you want to play in the sandbox of a, a mental health professional with the story's main character? Um, a lot of um, you know, a lot of my stories come from just, you know, experiences in my life. And this one kind of sparked from my time as an IT guy. You know, I was uh, working in a psychiatrist's office and we just kind of had a discussion about, you know, psychiatry in general, in general, and humanity in general. And I just kind of thought to myself, you know, is everyone just broken and flawed? And I just kind of spun from there. You know, I'm a huge fan of, you know, um, grounded heroes and vigilantes and, and such, but I'm also a huge fan of uh, psychological thrillers as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you did you kind of construct the the character around the story or the story around the character with Jeff? It was more the the story around the character, in a sense, you know, um, or the high concept of of this broken city where all these strange characters flock to. You know, Jim is just the first of many characters I want to introduce into this world. Okay. So hopefully, each if there are more if there are more stories, each mini series will feature different characters. You know? 
I mean, Jim will definitely be a part of the universe as all as you know going forward. But I want to introduce new characters, new sections of the city, kind of showing how all these characters are so broken, more somewhat of a reflection of our own reality, you know, but how we're all just trying to. No one's perfect. We're just trying to make our be our best and make our way through life. You know, where and it's okay to be a little flawed. No one has to be perfect. That's kind of kind of where I'm going with this. Okay, yeah, I was kind of curious about the name. You know, it pretty much just explained it. You know, it's more than just. I was thinking, is the city flawed? You know, is is flawed the the character, the main character? It sounds like it's just an analysis of how we're all flawed. Humanity, yeah, yeah. But it went bunch of you know crazy stuff, throwing a lot of bullets and couple of mutants here and there and some crazy stuff. So, you know, having a lot of fun. Yeah, Jim's got a, it felt like a Pam Greer meets Electra vibe with this touch of, you know, manga, uh, when she, especially when she's presented in more of the vigilante form. So I'm I'm kind of assuming the rest of her violent backstory will be revealed over time. Yeah, issue three, you'll kind of get to see why she is the way she is. Um, I think it's three or four, actually four. Before I think we reveal her um her origin story. And with, I just got the artwork. Well, I got the layouts back from Prezi uh, a couple of days ago for issue four. And he's working on that now. And, and you know, Prezi is is the artist on this series. He is brilliant. He worked with me on, on the stump. Um, love working with him. He's doing all the cover A's and he's doing all six issues. Hopefully he'll come back and do more if we do more in the future. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I Love the artwork. I want to go into that in a minute. Like the city, Sethem itself has its own important role as a character in the story. You know, it's it's certainly more than topographical. You know, you kind of described as this Kafka-esque, uh, with lines like it was founded by murderers and thieves and built on the backs of slaves. So what's the important of importance of the city itself in establishing, you know, kind of this sense of place in the story? You know, it's um I guess um Knowing your history, I guess this is kind of, the city is kind of inspired by, I guess, critical race theory in a sense, where sure. you have to know our history. You know, you kind of have to know where things came from. It's important to know so we don't make the same mistakes, in, you know, in the future. You know, so that's, you know, the city in, in the comic is, you know, it's a bright, beautiful, shining metropolis, but at its core, it's just as dirty as Gotham. Right. And it's kind of an allegory for our world and how we treat history and our country and other countries and how, you know, it makes may look shiny and neat and rich and powerful and fat from the surface, but there's all this ugliness and dirt and cruelty underneath, you know? And it doesn't make city inherently evil, but the people that live in Sethem, they don't really know the tragic and, and dark and experienced history of this city. So when they get caught up in it, you know, they're kind of caught off guard by all the mysterious stuff that's popping up in this story with, you know, with Jim and the other characters that I want to introduce in the future. So it's kind of a reflection of our own world. You know, you kind of kind of know what kind of know what um, playground you're playing in. You know, you kind of know what you're dealing with, so you don't make the same mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it jumped right in. There's, you know, a, a strong, you know, social commentary at the beginning there on police society at large. Ignoring, you know, the violent deaths of young black youth. So, is that kind of a, a wider platform your your plans into to develop with the the whole arc? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of different a lot of different ideas um, kind of embedded in the story about you know 
um, I guess, young Black girls being missing in the world in reality and just in general and just how this, I don't want to, like I said, no spoilers, but, you know, there's a very corrupt, wicked person playing on people and he's protected by, you know, the powers that be, in a sense. You know, he's, he's protected by those, kind of ignoring what he's done because he benefits their agenda. You know, that's the skin, I'm talking about the skinwalker, one of the protagonists, the antagonists in our story, you know? And in a sense, it's it's like, we ignore the horrors that people commit, but there's still people that kind of turn a blind eye to it, and ignore it because they're rich or they're powerful or, or they're influential. And that's kind of what that kind of touches on. It's not, it's just like one of the many concepts within the story. Yeah. But like I said, again, it's it's one of my broader concepts where it's about humanity as a whole, you know, um, about all the broken pieces, but all the broken pieces can fit together in a sense of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the, the Skinwalker specifically, the, there's a touch of the supernatural going on on here. Like he's so he's like an immortal serial killer. Right. Is that that correct? Right. Yeah. Right. So um, one of my degrees actually is in anthropology, and my focus was the mythologies of Native people in North America. So oh, this could could just be my hopeful conjecture here. But is there there a connection with like the the Navajo Skinwalker myths or any other mythological connection specifically? Actually, it isn't. It's more of a a phrase um, coined by police that gave them gave them, the, the media. The media and the police kind of gave them that name because okay. of what he does to his victims. I don't want to go into too much detail. Sure, sure, sure. What he does to his victims, that's he kind of got that nickname in a sense. But um, I do believe in issue two. I, I may have shared that with you, but there's a flashback scene kind of showing you the origins of Seven, right? Yeah, and you'll realize that, you know, one of the main characters is this twisted, sick racist, right? But unbeknownst to him, he's descendant of, you know, um, black and brown people, you know, but he has no idea. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, today we're all kind of, we're all connected, right? Oh, but sure, you, yeah. You're on Twitter or, you know, TikTok or wherever, and you see all the racism and ignorance and insanity. You know, you know if we can connect it, but people don't really, you know, think that way, you know? So that's kind of where, when you see an issue two, when I, there's a flashback scene about why he's an immortal serial killer and how that can even be possible and how that kind of started. And there'll be like kind of Easter eggs and hopefully for what I do in the future with um, what's going on. Okay. And is Jem kind of fighting, well, I'm going to just say like syndicate, you know, what, whatever they are, right? The The serial killer or is it an and or the city itself at times? Because it, it seems like big umbrella. Right, right. It's more or less um, she's focused on the killer, but she gets caught up in this somewhat cabal of, you know, this secret sect that's kind of protecting him and they become a bigger threat. You know, before this, she was, you know, pretty successful with Duane doing what she has to do. But now she gets caught up between these people that she's not ready for. And it kind of turns her world upside down, put her through a little bit of hell. Well, you, you've packed all these like varied narrative elements in, into this. Has the intent always been uh, kind of that full throttle presentation? Um, I like, like I said, this is one of my broader concepts. But um, even in Bitterroot and on the stump, you know, as we start developing those stories and writing stories, more and more ideas actually come to fruition. So it's 
blog may have started out one way, but by the time I got around the end of issue two, I was like, wow, I kind of see what I want to, I kind of want to touch on this important point. So my concept kind of shifts a little bit, or my outline kind of shifts a little bit. So I have to do a little bit of rewriting and kind of weave it into the mix and just hopefully not overwhelm the audience with too much information or, or too many characters in that sense. So just to kind of be careful when you constructing these stories that you don't, you know, paint yourself into a corner or pack the book with too many characters. Make sure you kind of stay steady and smooth with your plot to get to your to the finish line with you know finished product. Yeah, I think it uh, it definitely appeals to really broad genre base. Is one of the things I really really enjoyed about it because it's really hard to kind of pigeon it into like okay, it's this or it's that. You know, it's it's a lot of things, and it really is a, a platform you could really build off of. Yeah. Was uh they were doing the solicits for this and the, and the editor was like, you know, my editor, um, um Melissa, Melissa Gilford, we had action, adventure, and crime. And I was like, you know, it's actually also a little bit of mystery. It's like, okay, the way it's also a little bit of supernatural. So like, oh okay. So we kept adding all these these different genres to it because it really is a lot of different genres, you know, because um I know Prezi, Prezi wanted something very grounded, you know, very mafioso, you know, lots of big guns, lots of action, lots of killing. But I also love supernatural stuff as well. So I think I think he and I got a nice little mix of what we wanted for this book. You know, just a little sprinkling of supernatural on a very gothic, mysterious, you know, noir type story. Yeah, you you mentioned that you already worked together, you know, with on the stump. So is it a, a logical step to to want to work together again, or is it something you kind of cooked up together? Um, I'll definitely work with him again. Um, um, um you know, whatever. Um, again, it all depends on sales and if oh, sure. do it very well, hopefully we can do another mini series of image and you know, Prezi would definitely be on board if it's available. Yeah, I mean that that artistic style is super distinct. There's like these exaggerated perspectives on the the faces that that reminds me of like Justin Bua in a way. Yeah, yeah, he's he's really amazing guy. He's out of Italy, by the way. To get a chance, guys, please do follow, follow Prezi on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, there, there's a really cool um, like he's controlling the the depth um, with the, these out of focus elements, and I, I don't. As a photographer, you know, it's something that we use all the time with like that depth control, but I haven't seen it very often in comics. So it was kind of kind of refreshing to to see that that you know the depth controlled in that way. So it's really- but I mean you I can give Prezi a scene and he'll bring back something that's you know really incredible. His background work just really blows me away. You know, I don't have to give a whole lot of direction. You know, I'm just one of those guys where you can kind of like Sandra, you can give a guy a script and they come back with, you know. It's gold, you know. It's, it makes my job so much easier. Yeah, there's a like a super kin- kinetic feel to the the story, you know, yeah. with the way it's revealed with these rapid perspective changes. Um, you know, it's kind of almost difficult to escape a comparison with like a Quentin Tarantino film. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I don't yeah, mind. So, that's a good comparison. I don't mind that. <laughs> so, how did you go about, you know, kind of laying laying that out to? Because there's there's the softer moments where you're trying to develop the character, and then there's the, you know, the Punisher Association, right? It's like go, right, right, right. right. Um, with you know, with these kind of books, you um, 
you don't want to give the artists, you want to give the artists a lot of action, have them, make sure they have a lot of fun with it. You know, um, I do love starting out kind of a slow burn sometimes, but then also I like to grab a truck of dynamite through a, you know, a minefield, you know? So uh, it's not easy, you know? Sometimes I, I'll write a, I'll write a page, a page or two, and I am like, you know, there's not enough character development. It's like a shit ton of explosions. So I gotta kind of go back and do a rewrite here or there to kind of make sure there's a nice balance. Having an amazing editor is a huge help as well. You know, um, any aspiring writers, please partner with an awesome editor and you'll be good to go. Because I, I have very terrible grammar, you know, and um, I'm extremely forgetful. I'll forget deadlines and I'll forget when solicitations are due, but having a trusty editor on board is definitely a must have. Yeah, yeah. Editors are, are gold. Like, I'm terrible. I can't spell to save my life. And my mom was an eighth grade English teacher. So, you know. oh, wow, wow. Yep. Yep, there you go. I wanted to ask about uh, the color palette too, um, sort of as a an aspiring colorist myself. You know, the 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 general and topography and the mood would kind of suggest northeast, like you know, Boston, Chicago comes to mind. But the the colors are are like very bad boys, CSI Miami. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Very, he gives you very bright colors, very vibrant colors, but also at the same time, same the same stroke, you're very very violent scenes, you know, but, you know, you get these cartoony, beautiful, bright colors, but someone's getting their face caved in with a fist and, you know, Prezi handles it beautifully. And it's one yeah. of the things that drew me, drew me to his work, you know, his, his stuff pops off the page, you know. Now, is that something they came up with or is that like something you're, you're kind of saying? No, that, that's, that's all Prezi, that's all Prezi. Yeah, okay. That's all, yeah, that's all him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The one of the things I really enjoyed was the the internal monologue with the purple thought bubbles. I thought that was a, a really, really nice touch. You know, you've got that violent scene, but if you had gone white, it would stand out too much and disrupt right. the flow. So right. and that's yeah. Becca Carey. She's the letter of flawed as well. All right. Um well you've talked a little bit about the the universe and and Jim being, you know, a part of it. Um, so how much is there, you know, kind of to, to tell, is this like, you know, is it kind of like Setham is, is Gotham and you would love it to be that big or kind of, where do you want to go there's, with it? There's this, um, I wrote a book of short stories called Short Complex and one of the short stories was called Flaw, right? Oh, okay. Okay. And in that short story, there's also a psychiatrist that resides in Setham, right? Not in the comic yet, but she's kind of quirky like Jim, in a sense, where this psychiatrist, she'll listen to people's problems, right? And if she finds a phobia that excites her or thrills her, to go out of the way to put this person in this horrible situation, basically just to, you know, get a thrill out of it, right? So she's some, this character in the book is basically, in the, in the prose, in the short story, is basically somewhat of a villain, in a sense, right? Okay. So that's one of the things I definitely want to introduce her in the in the next story arc. Um this duel, this this um reflection of Jim and where her and Jim somewhat face off in the in the future. Okay. Okay. So it's like exposure therapy gone evil. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And it has also a very um corrupt and unusual prison system inside him, which I want to touch on that because it's almost like 
the president is almost like his own kingdom, you know, as a king, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's, it's ruled over with the iron fist and it's almost like uh, Pablo Escobar when he was in prison, you know, in a sense where he kind of ruled everything. He wasn't really in jail. He basically imprisonment on the state and that's kind of how the president ran and set him. You know, it's all about for profit. It's all about control. It's all about oppression. So hopefully I can dive into that whole strange and unusual and creepy world, you know. How in the world do you have time to develop all this? I mean, you got so much stuff going on, man. I got to get this shit out of my head, man. I'm going to go nuts, <laughs> man. That's, that's where the time comes from. I just got to put it down on paper, man, you know. Just keep saying, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, what else do you have going on in 2022? You've got, you know, your ongoing stuff, the Aquaman. It's a Justice League Road to Dark Crisis. And right. I thought I saw something about, like, Bitterroot 1965. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, Sanford, David, and I, we announced... um. We're going to the 60s with Bitter Root. So that'll be hopefully coming out sometime next year. David and Sam and I are working on that now you know, in our free time. Um, I don't think what I can say. I don't know if I can say anything. Oh, no, that's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm definitely doing some more. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on a... Uh, John Carter of Mars right now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it could be ending maybe a month or so, or it may have already ended with issue six or issue five. But I'm going to be doing something else for um, Dynamite in 20 at the end of this year. I think it may come out with Dynamite. Um, doing another big project with DC. Um, not sure when that'll be announced. And um, what else? And I'm also working on um, another creator-owned project. That'll be in the image 30th anniversary. And that's okay. called that's called Familiar Fears, which is basically which is familiar is rebelling against the witches, but it's also in a very um metropolitan, big city, small town type feel to the story. It's based in my in the town where I reside, which is the first time I'm really doing it. Normally my stories are set in places that are fictional or York or LA, but it's the first time I'm doing something based in my hometown in the South. Oh, I grew up in the South, so I get what, it. What part? What part? I grew up in East Tennessee, actually, a little bitty town called Oak Ridge. So oh, nice. I'm in uh yeah, South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm very familiar with it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's bold taking on your hometown, man. My hometown is really weird. <laughs> Everybody has their own, you know, kind of urban legends, right? Did, you, did your hometown have any urban, urban legends or? For sure. Like what? Yeah. Do you remember anything? Or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. So Oak Ridge is really weird. So we have um, like three nuclear power plants. Um, mm. And they built, it was the secret city way back when for like nuclear power. And so the way they built it up is there's three separate valleys. And the the idea is that if you had a nuke hit any of these individual spots, that it would be sheltered from the other two. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird sort of triangle. And back in the day, they had guard gates, you know, to get in and out of the city. You had the Manhattan Project. Yeah. I don't know if you're a fan of the Simpsons, but. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So there's yeah. a Simpsons episode with the frogs and the frogs, the three-eyed frogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fish, okay. Fish That's- or frogs? Was it fish or I? Okay, well, and it may have been fish. In it was based off of Oak Ridge. The idea of it came off of my town, seriously, because 
the frogs, what ended up happening is they got out of a settlement pond. And so this is basically after the reactor cools and stuff, you have wastewater, right? And so the frogs, the, the pond got too hot and the frogs did this mass exodus out of the pond. And everybody who goes and works at the plants has a little bitty badge and that badge reads your radioactivity levels. And so what happened is people were driving home, ran over the frogs, left their badge in their car overnight. And then they got back and like all these people showed up, you know, the following day or the day after and all their badges were like, they got too much radiation. And it was all because of those weird mutated frogs. Yeah. Yeah. That's awful, man. That is awful. Yeah. It's a weird place. So there's like the, there's the haunted church that's like right outside of one of the nuclear power plants and all kinds of weird stuff used to happen at. Well, I could, yeah, I could make my hometown. That's like, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's and awesome. then, of course, there's uh, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary that all it's, it's like, it's weird. It's a brewery now. That's so strange. Awesome. Yeah. We have like a, it's called the Lee County Lizard Man down here. That's um, supposed to be an underground city under, under this city. There's rumors of like a three eyed man, I think, rumor. Things of that sort of, of course. The occasional ghost story here and there. So I'm going to be pulling from all this when I eventually do familiar fears for um, for uh, independent publics, probably Image or Dark Horse, something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I've got a I've got a good one for you. Um, if you like ghost stories, that is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So I was the assistant technical director uh, for the Bijou Theater. So it's this small little 900 or so seat theater. And it's been around for a very long time. So it was a vaudeville conversion at one point in time. Um, it was used as a Civil War hospital. And so this place is pretty bloody haunted. Like it, all kinds of weird stuff would happen. It was unexplainable. Um, and one of the radio stations was like, okay, we're going to do a remote because this place has, you know, this reputation, right? So we're going to a, doing a, a renovation in the theater and they're going to be there at Halloween at midnight. Right. And they're doing a live recording. So during the renovation of the theater, we set all the power tools up on timers to go off right when they're doing their remote at midnight. So so these two, two, you know, radio personalities, right? They're on live. And then all of this crazy, you know, all these, you know, power tools are going like, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they're swearing on the air, got in all kinds of trouble. It was hilarious. That's hilarious, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, where can people find you online and what you're up to? Where am I? I am um, on Twitter at um, CBrown803 on Twitter. And I'm Chuck.Brown902 on Instagram. And I'm at Ogan Inc. on um, TikTok as well. I have to check you out on TikTok. I'm trying to get on there myself. It's a so hard. I'm too old for that. Too old I know. That. I just I, I can't. My best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Well, yeah. as a big fan of your creator and work, Bitterroot, and on the stump in particular, I want to thank you for coming on the show and chatting with me today, Chuck. It's been really fun. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Let's do it again. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see where this world of flaw develops. It hits that sweet spot, crossing all these different genres, you know, simultaneously at that frantic narrative pace while still simultaneously weaving a this lush you know engaging visual urban tapestry so i like it a lot man 
Cool. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is Byron O'Neill on behalf of all of us at Comic Book Yeti. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.